Welcome to Convention Pulpit, Wesleyan Voices Past and Present, brought to you through the Ministry of Inner Church Holiness Convention. Visit our website for an entire library of great sermons and more information on this ministry, www.ihconvention.com. Levi Wisner has been in heaven for many years, but he was a wonderful pastor. And he was also a trailblazer when it came to many of our churches who were wanting to provide a Christian education for their young people. This sermon was preached many years ago at the Dayton IH Convention, and it's titled, The Profile of a Soldier. I know you're going to enjoy this excellent sermon. suppose if I would say from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli that maybe that statement itself maybe there would be some significance but in the yesterdays it was great to hear the voice of general of the army General Douglas MacArthur, when he'd stand before his men and say, soldiers, it's duty, it's honor, it's country. Also, it was good in the yesterdays to hear men like a Winston Churchill give his seven-word message to graduating classes and to soldiers in the field of battle. Perhaps you have used it, quoted it, but Mr. Churchill would say, this is my message in seven words. Never, 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 never give up. And I trust that's a message to you tonight. As a Christian, as a servant of the Lord, as a soldier of Jesus Christ, you will say, I'll never, never, never give up. Thank God for the great men, the brave men, the sacrificial men who have declared in their very nature, their very being, that they would never never give up. The Apostle Paul said in the book of Ephesians, put on the whole armor of God. Evidently there was a war going on. The Apostle Paul said to Timothy, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this world that he might please him that has called him to be a soldier. Evidently, there was a war going on. The Apostle Paul said again to Timothy, Be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 
Evidently, Paul felt that there was a war going on. This book that I have here in my hand has a lot of material in it concerning men who were great generals of the army. I look back over the past. There was Abraham. He was a commander of the army. Not only Abraham, but Moses was a general, one star general. Christ was the star. Moses was general of the army. Joshua, a great military man, general of the army. You had men like Gideon that were great military, a great military man, general of the army. You had men like David who was general of the army, also, of course, king. But this Bible has a lot to say about those who had a militant spirit, a militant love for God, a militant hatred for sin and wickedness and compromise, but a supreme love for Almighty God. God needs good soldiers today because he needs good soldiers because there's a bad war going on. But I think one of the greatest dangers of our time is that we do not see the conflict. We do not see the warfare. One individual sometime back said concerning the spirit of the time, he said, it's a 4F spirit. He said, it's fun, fuss, fiddle, and foam. He's talking about fundamentalism. And he said, it's fun, fuss, fiddle, and foam. But you'll never be a good soldier until you get beyond the fuss, you get beyond the fiddle, get beyond the foam. You'll never be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. There are some things that tell me tonight that there's a war on. The wounded, the dead, the dying along the highway of life tell me there's a war on. Number two, the multitude that are held hostage by the carnal forces of this world and have never been set at liberty in the Lord tell me that there's a war on. The greatest and great territory that the enemy has taken in recent years from the saints of God tell me there must be a war on. The great propaganda campaign that's on a crusade against the redeemed tells me there must be a war on. And if there's a war on, God needs some good soldiers of Jesus Christ. And I trust there's something in your heart that says, I want to be that soldier. Paul again, writing to Timothy, said that perilous times will come. I believe he was saying, Timothy, be a good soldier. Not only did he say perilous times would come, 
But he said men would be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Be a good soldier. I think the apostle Paul was trying to encourage Timothy to be the kind of soldier, the front line battle soldier. You know, we have a lot of soldiers. We have a lot of tin soldiers. You have a lot of wood soldiers. You have a lot of robot soldiers. You have a lot of parade soldiers. But not too many frontline battle soldiers. Not too many frontline battle soldiers. I'd like just briefly tonight to talk to you on the profile of a soldier. There's so much in this that I'll, I'll just kind of uh, touch a few areas of it. But uh, first of all, I believe there's, this, there's the profile of sobriety. The profile of sobriety. We have been so conditioned by fun, by pleasure, by entertainment, by good times, it's so difficult to get people to be really sober-minded for God. Now, my friend, on the front line of battle, there's very little fun and foolishness going on. <clears throat> on the front line of battle, there's no time for pleasure and entertainment. <clears throat> Amen. I, I'd like to see God's people really sober down and, and be the kind of soldiers that God would have them to be for the glory of God. If people are dying, if heaven is heaven and hell is hell and the judgment is the judgment, we have something to be sober-minded about. And if we're not doing anything about it, we have more to be sober-minded about. And there's the profile of sobriety. There's not only the profile, but there is the profile of commitment. Every soldier has made some commitment somewhere. Every soldier has probably lifted his hand and said, I will, and made his pledge to his country. He's made his commitment. Probably he didn't uh, ask how many swamps they would be to crawl through. He just committed himself. He didn't know how many bullets he might have to dodge. He just committed himself. He didn't know how many places he'd be hearing the statement, Yankee, go home. But he committed himself. He'd made his commitment. Sink or swim, survive or perish, he was on the go. And I'm here to be used. He would say, wherever my general, wherever my captain, wherever my leader wants me to go, I'm available. I have made my commitment. There is not only the profile of commitment, but there's the profile of sacrifice. Early in a soldier's life, somewhere, he's had to say goodbye to his chariot. Yeah. You know, David, when he was facing the Goliath, he said goodbye to his chariot. Yeah. It's a hard thing, I guess, for a young man to do, say goodbye to his chariot. But uh, he has to say goodbye to his chariot. He has to say goodbye to his farm. He has to say goodbye to his job. He has to say goodbye to mom. He says goodbye to dad. He says goodbye to brothers and sisters. He says goodbye to friends. He says goodbye to sweetheart. He, he's making that sacrifice to be a soldier uh, for his country. 
You know what the Bible says? Unless you forsake half. Unless you forsake all. You know what all means? It means all. And that's all all means. Unless you forsake all, you cannot be my disciple. So somewhere there has to be that sacrifice for the army, the army of the Lord. There's a profile of sacrifice. He probably has to say goodbye to, maybe, to Dairy Queen. He may have to say goodbye to King Burger or Burger King. He may have to say goodbye to McDonald's. I don't know, but there has to be a farewell to anything and everything that would stand in his way of being the individual that he needs to be in the place that he needs to be. There's the profile of sacrifice. Then I think there's the profile of unity. So necessary for good, effective fighting. I heard her a little say a few years ago that we ought to so pray and work for freedom in our country that we'd have enough freedom that we could fight among ourselves if we wanted to. But God forbid that we would use our energy and our time fighting with one another. We have another battle to fight. And we need to be fighting against the prince and the power of the air. We need to spend our time, our energies, our abilities in fighting against the forces of sin and evil and the world and those forces that would destroy the opportunities that you and I have to present the gospel of Christ. Now, in my time in the military, I've seen a little bit of fussing. I saw some men kind of fuss and throw a fist or two around in the barracks. Maybe I did it myself. I've seen some of them out on bivouac start fuss and have a little feuding going on. But never, never in all my experience on the front line of battle did I ever see soldiers fussing. I never saw a feud going on on the front line of battle. They were united in a cause. Amen. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could take the energies that people spend fussing and fuming and quarreling with each other and turn those energies against the forces of sin and wickedness in the world, maybe we'd make a dent or two. There's a profile of unity. And I trust that God will help us to ask by his grace that you and I keep a united spirit. Amen. For the cause of the Lord. We sing onward Christian soldiers marching as to war. I have difficulty singing that. We sing we are not divided, all one body we. I, um, I put it like this. We are Christian soldiers marching much at ease, with no cross to carry, doing as we please. We are all divided, not one body we, divided in our doctrine and very little charity. 
life's about the way it is. But I believe somewhere if we could tarry before God until God melts your spirit and God melts my spirit. That rather than us just bumping into one another, our hearts and spirits would flow to one another. I trust we'll never mush together, but by the fire and grace of God, we can melt together. I say I saw a little fussing here and there, but never up around close to Metz, France, beyond the, up around the Siegfried line and up in the, where the French and the British and the Americans were fighting somewhat together. I had a Frenchman that I got acquainted with, fought with me. The Frenchman didn't like us, we didn't like them. One Frenchman said the first GI I met, everything he had, he gave me. Six months later, the next GI I met, everything he had, he sold me. Six months after that, the next GI I met, everything he had or everything I had, he took from me. <clears throat> the feeling between the American soldier and the French soldier was not always good. But we fought together on the same line of battle. And when action broke loose, I heard that little Frenchman say, Attention, soldat American, vous et moi avez beaucoup travail ici. Anybody want to interpret that? Go ahead. What he was really saying, attention, soldier American, American soldier, you and I have our work cut out for us here. And on into the battle. Yeah. British soldier, when fire broke loose on a certain occasion, and uh, of course we didn't have too good a feeling for the British, and they didn't have good, too good feelings for us. Butler said, well, what do you get against the American soldier? He said, well, four or five things. One, he's overpaid. <laughs> Number two, He's overfed. Number three, he's overclothed. Number four, he's over here. <laughs> but on the front line of battle, that feeling never surfaced. Amen. And my British soldier friend, laying flat on the ground on his face when the fire began to fall, looked at me and he said, Hey, lad. You could get hurt here, eh? <clears throat> and a little later on, when I crawled across the battlefield to get to that British soldier and saw his arm almost completely torn off, he looked at me and said, I'll be all right. Fight on. Almost sounded like Winston Churchill saying, Never, never, never give up. There must be among God's people an atmosphere of unity. If we have anything that resembles the day of Pentecost, there will be something of unity. God's people are one. 
There's not only the profile of unity. I believe there's what I call a low profile. Very difficult to maybe describe this. A low profile. Soldier comes into battle. Frontline battle. Now, I know there are a lot of parade soldiers. They like the front line. They like the limelight. They, they like to hear the sergeant say, eyes left, eyes right. They like to hear the old sergeant say, company up, forward, huh. Why? They're on the parade field. They have their uh, shoes shined. They have their helmet liner shined. They have a crease in their trousers. They have all the stripes on that they can afford and some beyond it. They have all the medals that have been given to them and some that they bought at the PX. They want everybody to see them. They're a parade soldier. They want to be seen. But on the front line of battle, that's the last thing you want. You hope nobody ever sees you. You don't come into battle riding the top of a weapons carrier and saying, Boys, here I am. Things are going better. We'll go better now. I'm here. Look at me. I'm here to help in the battle. I want you to see that I'm here. I want you to know that I'm here. Look at all my stripes. Look at all my metals. Look at all my bars. Look at all that I have. The battle. No, sir. He doesn't come. He doesn't even come walking in. He comes crawling in. For he knows, the frontline soldier knows, the lower he is, the safer he is. And that is applicable right here tonight. The lower you are, the safer you are. God says if we would humble ourselves, he would exalt us. And I just kind of sort of feel that if we'll get humble before God, God will do something spectacular for us in our spiritual lives. Anywhere I read in the Bible where the people humbled themselves before God, God manifested himself in a very great way. Even an old wicked king humbled himself and God looked over the battlements of heaven and saw it and God didn't change his mind, but he did change his calendar. The profile of unity. I remember when our captain came in on the battlefield. Stateside, he had his brass all polished, his shoes all polished. But when he walked in on the battlefield, he reached down and got his hand full of mud. He put mud on his bar. He put mud on his shoes. He put mud on his helmet. He put mud on his face. Some time back, a lieutenant 
came to our church. He goes there, comes there quite often. He's a good friend of mine. And he came in one morning. I'd never seen him. Oh, my. I tell you, talk about the strut that guy had it that morning. He was polished and shined. I mean, he was fixed up for fair. And I saw him come to the door. I was too tempted. I ran over and grabbed him. And he pushed me back and I grabbed him again. And I put my hands all over his bars. He said, don't do that. I spent two hours polishing my... I just stepped back and said, son, have you ever been on the front line of battle? And they said, no, preacher, I've never been on the front line of battle. And then I began to describe to him what it takes for the front line of battle. No, we don't come in with all of our pomp and polish and pride. We come crawling in, amen, and staying as close to the earth, staying as close to the ground as we possibly can. The soldier, frontline soldier, understands the language of the front line that's something like this. Hit the dirt. Keep low. Dig in. That's frontline language. But it applies for you. Dig in, my friend, dig in. Get a good footing. Find a safe place in the Lord. Dig in. Keep low. Fellow says, don't let your ego get too inflated. You might have to swallow it sometime. (laughs) But there is the profile of humility, the profile, what I call a low profile. Then there's not only low profile, I believe there is the profile of, what shall I say, the profile of dignity. I just mentioned that one. The profile of dignity. Not fighting just to hurt somebody. Fighting for a cause. Fighting for a principle. And I trust that principles will guide your life and guide my life. There's not only the profile of dignity, there's the profile of suffering. We don't like that term. But you don't have a war without suffering. I've often said... When I left Europe, I took a mental picture of the sacred white crosses and the hallowed mounds of earth that decked the landscape from the beaches of Normandy to the forests of Czechoslovakia. And my heart said that freedom is expensive indeed. Suffering. We are involved in the 
front line of battle in what they called the Battle of the Bulge under General Patton. <clears throat> General Patton said, we'll break that line if it takes two truckloads of dog tags. It's a lot of dog tags. <clears throat> we often called him Blood and Guts Patton. Our blood and his guts. But he's a good general. But wherever there's warfare, there's suffering. The Apostle Paul didn't run from suffering. In fact, he kind of asked for it. He cried, oh, that I may know him in the fellowship of his suffering. We like to know him in the fellowship of enjoyment. We like to know him in the fellowship of good time. We like to know him in the fellowship of prosperity. We'd like to know him in the fellowship of security, but the Apostle Paul said, Oh, that I may know him in the fellowship of his suffering. There's not only the profile, I believe there's the profile of glory. There's very little glory on the front line of battle. I think there is glory in battle. I believe there's real glory in the battle that you and I are engaged in tonight. There is glory surely in victory. But there is some glory in battle. There is the glory of his promise. There is the glory of his purpose. There is the glory of his provision. There is the glory of his person. There is the glory of his presence. There is some glory. But there is glory, I'm sure, in victory. We saw some of the glory around the little red schoolhouse in Reims, France, when General Dwight D. Eisenhower signed a peace treaty with the hierarchy. And when they came out, and when the parade started, and when the band started playing, I guess you would call it military glory. Well, I'm glad for the glory. The old songwriter said, only glory by and by. Only glory by and by. We may not see all the victories that we want to see in this world, and I'm sure we won't. But I'm glad for the promise of his glory by and by. But God wants us to have some of his glory now. And an old song that they used to sing, get the glory, brother, hear it. If you're hungry, sat alone, don't just try to grin and bear it. Get the glory from the throne. Amen. <clears throat> and I think it would help us if we'd get the glory. Amen. Get the glory, brother, hear it. If you're hungry, sat alone, don't just try to grin and bear it. Get the glory from the throne. Amen. If we're going to have the glory of God, we must not give glory to anything else. Amen. This preacher dare not touch his glory. Amen. Systems and organizations and programs must not touch his glory. The glorious to God. Right. To God be the glory. Yes. 
great things he hath done. We would like sometimes to sing, to us be the glory, great things we have done. No, to him be the glory, to God be the glory, great things he hath done. God wants us to give him the glory. We desire the glory of God, but sometimes they desire the glory of the state. You can't have both. Some people want the glory of humanism along with the glory of Christianity. They do not blend. They do not mix. You can't have the glory of Columbus, Ohio, and the glory of Almighty God. You got to choose. You want God's glory, or do you want state control? Amen. An old collar fellow said, help us, Lord, help us. <clears throat> you can't have God's glory from a theocracy and the bureaucracy, perhaps, at the same time. Old Thomas Jefferson said, the only language a bureaucrat knows is the language a hog knows. That's a club on the snout. Now, the bureaucrats have their glory. But if you're a Christian, you want the glory of God and not the glory of the state. The glory of the state is Caesar glory. You're going to have the glory of Caesar and the glory of Christ. You can't have Holy Ghost freedom with State control. Amen. And there was a solemn hour at the convention center. <clears throat> but that's the way it is, my friend. You've got to have God's glory and God's blessing, and God will not share his glory with another. Out in Nebraska, and of course we made several trips out there, and I don't like too much to refer to that particular episode, but just to refer to uh, a statement that one of the men from the legislature out there made. He asked some of the families, said, how were you married? Were you married by contract or were you married by state license? Oh, he said, we were married by state license. Then he said, the product of those marriages belongs to the state. Your children have become state children. And I'm kind of persuaded if our preachers are turned out of state colleges, eventually they're expected to be state-controlled preachers. In fact, not too far from here, a pastor held up in their hand a state license from the state of Ohio. He even had one on the wall. Licensed by the state to preach. I thought God gave us a license to preach. I thought we were ordained of God, not ordained by the state. But the more we seek the blessings of the state, the more we will have the control of the state. 
And the more control we have of the state, the less liberty and the less glory we will have of Almighty God upon us. We like to find easy ways. We like to circumvent the difficult places. We like to circumvent the cross. We like to circumvent the real price of going with God. But God gives us soldiers. Now let me ask, is public policy so dear and earthly success so sweet that we would purchase these from the humanistic state slavery for ourselves? Preacher cried out years ago, God forbid it, forbid it, Almighty God, that we would think that public policy was so sweet and earthly success so dear that we would purchase these at the price of our own slavery. Forbid it, Almighty God. We used to cry, guide us, O thou great Jehovah. And now we cry, O guide us, O thou great Ohio. Guide us, O thou great Jehovah, or guide us, O thou great Belshazzar. My friend, if we're going to have the glory of God, we need the guidance of God. We need the help of God. We need the strength of God. God has called us and calling you and I to be good soldiers, good soldiers of Jesus Christ. There is glory, some glory, maybe in the battle. And I am sure that if you were over around some territory around the Mediterranean, maybe it wouldn't seem to be so glorious. But God has glory for his people. And God wants to fill his tabernacle, your tabernacle, my tabernacle with his glory. Not just your building, but your personal tabernacle. God wants to fill it with his glory and with his presence. There's the profile of glory. poet one time put it something like this. <clears throat> Great soldiers have come and gone, drank the cup of life, then fled, made their eternal record and joined the army of the dead. They're gone. All frightful words, where, where have these soldiers fled? They've gone from our sight and memory, the millions of forgotten dead. Griffith, French, and Bunyan fought with courage rare. They stood with heart and soul aflame with those who really care. Now ages have rolled their rusty centuries along the vista of time. Until tonight has come, soldier, the awful hour when it's your turn to live and mine. My time, old dreadful thought, my time to act, my moment to live. Oh God, in this tremendous hour,
great inspiration give. Why? On the volition of our will, we can reach the realms of light or we can forge infernal chains that will bind us in eternal night. We all brush the dew of mortal shore. Our wave too affects another. It may change their scale of destiny in this life or in the other. Then soldier, awake. Awake. Why, it's our time, it's our battlefield. We may win tonight or lose forever. Our fate could be fixed beyond repeal. My cry to you is, be a good soldier. Have a profile of commitment. Have a profile of sacrifice. Have a profile of unity. man came to our church some time back and got up and testified. He said, you know, I came this morning to pick a fight. Yes. Really? Yes. He was a Kentuckian. <laughs> he said, I came to pick a fight. But he said, I looked around and tried to find who I wanted to pick a fight, and I couldn't find anybody that I wanted to fight with. <laughs> Trust that God will give us the profile of unity and the profile of humility, a low profile. The profile of suffering and the profile of dignity. The profile of his glory. Be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. The battle's on, my friend. If you never see it, you'll never see the need for being a good soldier. But if you see the battle, you'll know there's a need. Thank you for listening tonight. The Lord bless you. Brother Samuel. I don't want to take for granted the heritage of holiness that has been passed on. I don't want to lose the fire. Thank you for listening to Convention Pulpit, a ministry of Inner Church Holiness Convention, featuring Wesleyan voices past and present. For more sermons or for more information, visit www.ihconvention.com. This ministry is made possible through the financial support of our listeners. You may give online at ihconvention.com or send your donation to IHC, Post Office Box 99, New Berlin, Pennsylvania, 17855, USA.